0: Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we continue our study of the second book of Kings, that is Malachim Bet. We are about to begin chapter 17, that is Perak Yud Zion. Now, this is a very depressing chapter, very sad, very tragic. Um, In this chapter, we're going to divide it into two parts, but this chapter deals with the end and the destruction and the exile of the kingdom of Israel, the northern kingdom. All this time we've been studying together the parallel histories of the kingdom of Israel and the kingdom of Judah after they separated and split apart during the reign of the son of Solomon, Rehoboam, Rehavam, when or Jeroboam led a rebellion and divided what was the United Kingdom under David and Solomon and Saul, Before that, became the um, split kingdom, and eventually became two separate kingdoms. And as we've seen this entire time, the northern kingdom, despite having been uh, instructed by God consistently through his prophets, through Elijah, through Elisha, through Hosea, through um, many many prophets, uh, through Jonah. Uh, over the, over that that time period, they still did not get their act together. There was n- there was no rays of hope. Every single king, one was worse than the next. Every leader was worse than the next. The people themselves had 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 this corruption built into their system. And we're about to read this narrative of the end of the end of that kingdom. So let's read it. It's sad, but it's important. Here we go. Bishnas desdem esrei in the twelfth year of Laachaz Melachiyuda of the reign of Ahaz, the king of Judah, who we just read about in the last chapter. Malach Hoshea ben Ela. That was when the king Hosea, the son of Ela, and this is very different. Hosea, Hosea of, than the Hosea the prophet that we just spoke about before. This is Hosea the king, the last king. Bishom Ron in Samaria, which was the capital city of the kingdom of Israel, Al Yisrael, He ruled over Israel Teishashanim for nine years, and like I've said many times, I'm not concentrating during this um, podcast at all on the on the um, uh, number, you know, on the on on these years and on the chronology, which doesn't seem to work, it doesn't add up. Uh, with the, what we've seen in other chapters, 12 years of this, 9 years of that, it doesn't seem to add up. There's various explanations as to how this happened uh, exactly like this, but I'm, I'm not going to go into that. Uh, what the narrative here is much more important. He did bad in the eyes of God. However, But he wasn't quite as bad as the other kings of Israel that preceded him before him. In what way was he not as bad? Ironically, this is one of the first times we hear about a king being not quite as bad, having some redeeming factors and what were um, they were going to see in a few a little bit was some of the things that he did that um, made him a little bit more uh, 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 better, a little bit better to God than, than the, and, and, and then the previous kings that preceded him. But before we read that, Allah Shalmaneser Melachashur, Shalmaneser, the king of Assyria. So, Assyria, as we've been saying until now, has been steadily rising in power and conquering the other nations. And as we stated before, all of the smaller nations tried to create an alliance against Assyria, but they were unsuccessful. So, as uh, Assyria conquered those smaller nations, Aram, Israel, Tyre, uh, the Philistines, those nations um, who tried to rise against the Syrians were unsuccessful. So they conquered and 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 attacked the northern kingdom of Israel and subjugated them. And Hosea became subservient to them. He became a vassal king. And he paid them a tribute uh, in order to. Uh, stay, for, uh, to allow Hoshea to remain a king, though a vassal not truly independent anymore at all. <coughs> now, Hoshea decided very unwisely to uh, rebel against Assyria, and the king of Assyria found out, discovered that Hoshea had uh, conspired against him, by doing what? He sent messengers to create an alliance with the other superpower at the time, which was Egypt. He tried to sign an alliance with them against Assyria. So he stopped And he stopped paying a tribute to the king of Assyria like he did on a yearly basis. So, So, so the king of Assyria came and arrested Hosea. And the king of Assyria um, attacked the entire land of Israel, and he came to this capital city of Samaria, and he laid siege to the city for three years. This is all the time while the king himself wasn't in, even in leadership. The king himself was in jail. Vishnash Hachias in the ninth year of Hoshea's reign, Lochad Melech Ashur at Shomron, Melech the king of Assyria, captured the capital city of Samaria, Vayegel es Yisrael Ashura, and he exiled the people of Israel to Assyria, Yoshev Vosom, and he settled them, Bachlach Uvichavor, Nargozon V'Oremodoi. Now, over here, remember it's saying the king of Assyria, it doesn't name him Shalmaneser. And we know from extra-biblical sources, from writings and and wall carvings that are found in the capital of Assyria, Nineveh, which is modern-day Mosul, Iraq. And those records discuss uh, the capture of the northern kingdom of Israel by Sargon II, who succeeded Shalmaneser, and he was the king that actually did this. From history, now one other things we found have shed light. Archaeological findings have shed a tremendous amount of light on what happened here, and um, it does describe the the exile of the people of Israel, and the description describes ab- uh, just under thirty thousand people that that are numbered and written in the Assyrian documentation were taken from the northern kingdom and exiled into the lands of Assyria. Now this exile was. Assyria's policy when they wanted to subjugate a nation and incorporate it into their empire, what they would do would be exile the people and and scatter them so, so to decrease the likelihood and possibility that they would eventually band together, continue their culture, th- their religion, their language, and eventually band together and maybe be one day again be a threat to Assyria. So by exiling them this would be what happened. And what it seems is, and bec- especially since, the people of Israel seem to pop up later. There seems to be people still within the northern kingdom of Israel. Uh, and we're going to talk in the next podcast, in the second half of this chapter, what exactly happened to the masses. It seems that what happened here was the people of the capital Samaria were taken um, a, a, and the leadership, the leadership were taken, at similar to what we find about 150 years later when the kingdom of Judah was, was initially subjugated by the Babylonians who the who Babylonians down the road are eventually going to conquer Assyria and they'll be the dominant empire. They exiled the leadership and left the masses there to tend the farms, to continue living there. They just exiled the leadership in order to subjugate the population. So it's very likely that that's the same thing that happened here, and that which is, explains why there are still people of Israel in the area of the Northern Kingdom and what happened to them, what they did and so on, we're going to read about soon. Now, I, I promised that I would mention what exactly it was that Hosea did that made him not quite as bad as the, other, as the other kings. And we know from the Book of Chronicles that what he did was, he, he removed the obstacles <coughs> for, of the northern kingdom, the people in the northern kingdom, from going down to pray at the temple in Jerusalem. In other words, he allowed for people that were faithful to God to return to Jerusalem, in order to, to worship God at the one temple in Jerusalem and be influenced by, um, by uh, the Judeans who were still more loyal to, the, to, to serving God. Now, and, and this uh, the, the, in, in, in the rabbinic literature, it is stated that once he removed those obstacles and the people still didn't care to go, that just showed just how low they had fallen. Now as we read the next several verses I want to point out some things that are very important things that I've been pointing out throughout this podcast and one of the and really the most important point that I want to make in this podcast really t- like pretty much the principle of the Bible and that is that um The, the what's wrong with worshiping other gods right what does that what does that mean obviously there's one true God so worshiping other gods is rebelling against him but it's way 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 deeper than that and it's way much more important than that and the issue is and we see this repeatedly throughout the Bible in many places and we're about to read it again here which is why I'm pointing it out and that is is that once if, if we recall what Rama what Maimonides teaches us about what What does it mean when God says, I only want you to sacrifice within the temple? I I don't want you to have places to sacrifice in other places. The point was that God wanted to separate the people from that type of worship, right? And the way, that type of worship, which is I have to sacrifice to the gods in order to get God's favor. The point of the Bible, the point of the Torah is to teach us that we don't get God's favor by sacrificing things to him, by giving things to him. He doesn't need stuff we 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 get god's favor so to speak or we improve ourselves and improve the world around us and and do the by doing the right things and acting the right way by keeping god's laws by keeping the morals and ethics which god teaches us living the way to by being good by being kind by being empathetic most importantly the two key things justice and righteousness that is how and the and the prophets at this very time this is what they were trying to teach the people, right? Tzedek Umishbat was when we read through the 12 minor prophets and the prophets who were prophesying at exactly this time, this is what they were teaching, right? So, And the more you believe, the minute you start making bamot, the minute you start bringing sacrifices outside of the one place, right? Then you start thinking, well, I could sacrifice to God here. I could sacrifice to God there. The next thing you start doing is, well, I can sacrifice to another God. I can sacrifice to another God. And the next thing you start doing is divination and necromancy and all kinds of things because what you're thinking is the way I get favor from God is not by acting differently, not by living differently, not by being a good person, but by giving things to God that God wants, right, supposedly as if God wants things. It's a completely messed up, theology and idea. And the next thing that happens is you want to give God the most valuable thing that you have, and that's your children and other human beings, which leads to human sacrifice, which is the most abominable level to which this uh, this philosophy leads uh, to, to. So, so we're going to read that very descent as the description and understanding of the problem with the northern kingdom of Israel. And we're also going to read that the southern ki- kingdom of Judah also made a similar mistake right and also allowed for sacrifices outside of the temple however the kingdom of Judah didn't quite fall quite so low as we're going to see in the next chapter when we read of the king Hezekiah who was able to rescue the people from that the abyss So here we go this, it's kind of very scary and frightening but here we go verse seven by <laughs> when the children of Israel sinned to the God the, the Lord their God the God who took, take, took, took them out of the land of Egypt right and they and they worshiped and saw other gods and they went according to the ways this is the key thing the worshiping of other gods leads one to act in the ways of those other nations those nations which God got rid of from the land before the people of Israel because of their corrupt ways, and the customs of the kings of Israel, right, which they did like them. In other words, because the kings of Israel were also evil in the way that we just described. Now this is, the word Cain means right or true, right? I'm going to translate it here as true. The people of Israel committed and did things that are not true al- Adonai Elohim, against the Lord their God. In other words, they went to things that were false. This is the crucial point here. The crux of, of the worship of God is seeking truth, right? Not going, because this philosophy of giving sacrifices to God is, the, is fundamentally as false as false can be. Of, of thinking that you can curry favor by, by, by giving things to this God or that God. This is the very definition of falsehood. The first thing they did was build bamot, Build um, they built bamot, they built high places, they built uh, uh, altars in all of their cities, from the places where they had watchtowers to the fortified cities, all over the place, they built these things. Then what happens after that? Bamot don't, aren't necessarily Bamot, right adds altars to other gods. They often could be altars to God himself, but the next step then becomes Then they start setting up pillars, meaning things to worship, va'asherim, and, and trees to worship. I'll call Giva gvo, on every high hill Vitakaskalates ran on and underneath every uh, shade, shady tree. <coughs> Excuse me. And then they started to bring incense and sacrifices on all of those altars. The, just like those nations were doing, that God sent them out of the land of Israel in order for the people of Israel to come because those people were so corrupt. And they did terrible, evil things, things which got, made God angry. And they worshipped these... these, these Gilu which which be translated uh, translated sometimes as 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 well, these images, right? Asher Omar Adonai Elohim, that God had already told him, Lo sasu that do not do these things. and God had, had had testified against the people of Israel and the people of Judah. Biad call Niv'e. In the hands of all of the prophets, kol chozeh, all of the seers, are saying as follows, shuvu midarcheichem harahim, return from your, turn away from your evil ways, v'shimru, and what should you do? It doesn't say, bring sacrifices to me. It says, v'shimru mitzvosai chukosai, and keep my commandments and my laws. Khol Hator, like all of the teachings, I shared asavoseichem, that I commanded your forefathers, Vasher sholachti aleichem bayad if you remember reading those Nevi'im, those are the Nevi'im who, who talk about the oppression of the poor, the talk about the Tzaddakum Mishma, justice and righteousness, those, those Nevi'im, those prophets that we've studied together for, for the past few years of this podcast, right? God told you, keep those laws, be good people, be kind, be just, build the proper societies. That's what God wanted us to do. That's why He gave us the Torah in order to teach us to do those things. I don't want those kind of sacrifices. I don't want those kinds of of um, of, of, of 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 future telling. Uh, and you'll see what I mean. Why I said that in a minute. But they didn't. They didn't listen. And they, they turned their necks to; they stiffened their necks, like just like their forefathers did. <speaking in> because <Hebrew> they did not have uh, faith in the Lord their God. <speaking in Hebrew> they, they, they 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 turned away. They they were disgusted with God's laws and the covenant that He that He did. The, the, which he made with the, with their forefathers. And his witnesses, in other words, witnesses here meaning like like uh, warnings, you know, um, testimonies that God said to them that if you act this way, this will be the the result. And they went after nonsense, right? And they became caught up in in delusions. And they went after the nations that surrounded them instead of going after truth. Instead of searching truth, they searched for delusions. They searched for they they went to these delusional concepts and ideas. God commanded people not to go after this delusional falsehood. And they forsook all of the rules of the Lord their God. And they went and they made two golden calves and they made trees to worship and they bowed to all of the stars of the heaven. and they worshiped the Baal, the, the, the Baal, which was the, the Canaanite um, deity. And what did all of that lead to? It led to the worst of all, and they sacrificed their sons and their daughters in flame. Faik Samuk Samim, and they went and they went to magical. Uh, 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 divination and, 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 and incantations and they sold themselves to evil to do evil the things that were evil in the eyes of God things which made God angry so you see here what I was saying the whole time, the point is it starts off with a bama with an altar outside the temple that's how it starts and then it turns to sacrificing to other gods and then it turns to, to, to sacrificing the most valuable, most precious things, people's children themselves. Human sacrifice is something which is found in almost every primitive society. Because when one, it, uh, this is the, 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 the key achievement of monotheism is telling people that this is not what God is interested in. What God is interested in is in our actions and how we live. This is the key teaching of the Torah. And I know we've said this many times that the the Torah says this so many times over and over and over again. If you want to know what God wants from you, he wants you to be a good person. He wants you to keep the laws that he commanded. And we already said, what are those laws? The last thing he wants is is magical uh, incantations trying to tell the future by all these magical things. This is not what God wants, right? This is, God doesn't want people trying to tap into this false spirituality. And, 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 and this, is, this is not real, this is not true, these are delusions. But this became so ingrained in the people of Israel despite God's warnings, repeated warnings over and over and over again. And now that they had the chance to start to return to God, to start to go back to Jerusalem, they were so far gone that they weren't even interested. Therefore, God became extremely angry against the people of Israel, and he banished them from his face. The only one that remained intact, or at least that the leadership remained intact, was the tribe of Judah alone. However, just as you should know, Judah was also not keeping the rules of the, the the commandments of God. They also were doing the things that the people of Israel had done. Uh, that's the kind of a little in, interlude, like a little. It's kind of an injection into the into this narrative. To know, don't think I'm trying to tell you that Yehuda was so great, as we know from the words of the prophets of the time, from reading the Book of Isaiah, who was prophesying in Judah. We know that they also were corrupt. They also were um, had the, the same sins but as we'll see in the behavior of the kings of Judah and as we've seen until now in the behavior of the kings of Yehuda, every every time there was an evil one or two or three kings there was always a good one who came back who tried to pull the people back there was still hope and the people uh, there was enough of the leadership listening enough of the people listening that there's hope to bring them back but the people of Israel had there was no there was there was nothing to point back to there was no good Vayimas Adonai and God uh, uh, um, was disgusted with uh, that would be I guess the best translation of Ayimas, uh, of all of the children of Israel Vayanaim and he punished them Vayitneim B'yad Shosim and he placed them under the control of people that came to plunder in other words that refers to the years when they were subservient to Assyria until he finally just banished them Why? Ki Koray based of, David? Because ultimately it goes back to the beginning of the history of the Northern Kingdom of Israel, because Israel had torn themselves away from the House of David, Vayamlichu at Ben and they made Jeroboam the son of Nevat, a king. Now the key thing here is remember when Yeravam Ben Nevat, when Jeroboam was originally made king, it was at first done by the words of a prophet, God Himself. It was the decision, though. So, but however, because the people and Yeravam. When God made Yeravam king, it was apparent when we studied this together that Yeravam was meant to be a, a king, to to be a counterweight to Rechavam, Solomon's son, who was corrupt himself, and somehow they were should have worked together to bring the people back together. Right? Yeravim, it wasn't meant to tear them away. It was Yeravam's decision to drive the people towards idol worship and away from God in order to tear them apart. That was a decision that God didn't make that was a decision that Yeuravamm and hence the people of the, of the kingdom of Israel made as the verse says right now as the point I was trying to I was making, is, comes from these words because you're, uh, because it says here, it was Yeravam who pushed Israel from away from God and caused them to do a terrible sin. And as we've learned so many times, uh, every single king of the, of the northern kingdom of Israel that succeeded Yeravam, whether by being his descendant or by uh, ascending to power through another coup, which we've seen repeated ones, um, each continued in the sins of Yeravam. And the people of Israel are also responsible. It wasn't just a leader because they lockstep walked in the path that Yeravam led them. They did not turn a drop. Until God decided to remove the people of Israel from before him, as he had spoken, as he had told them and warned them through the prophets. And the people of Israel were exiled from his own land, from the land of Israel into Assyria, and that state of uh, existence continues until this day, says the verse. So this concludes the first half of chapter 17, the tragic end of the northern kingdom, and... The explanation of the verses as to why the northern kingdom was banished. The next half of this chapter, we're going to deal with what happened, what to the rest of the people that weren't exiled. What happened to the people that remained in uh, that Assyria brought into the land, and what happened to that land, which was where the northern kingdom was and the people in it after uh, the end of the northern kingdom of Israel. Thank you so much for studying together. Looking forward to studying the rest of this chapter and, of course, the rest of this book of Kings together.